0: Happy Tuesday evening, everybody. Welcome to Vintage McCoy. Five days ago, we had Dr. Keith Rose on the program, and we've had more views of that live stream than I can remember. Uh, Folks really want information pertaining to the Fauci ouchie or the in the arm that everyone's concerned about, and all we get is censorship and propaganda, and we've been so grateful for Dr. Keith Rose coming on and giving us great insights. So we're gonna have him back tonight. So stay tuned and we'll see in a bit because this is gonna be worth tuning in for. Hang on, here we go.
1: And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters and God said,
0: let there be light. Together, we will make America great again. I have never been more hopeful about America. Who knocked these will hear all of
1: us soon. The advance of you human know, liberty can only strengthen the cause of world peace. Mr. Gorbachev tear down this wall. Do you believe in but because of the Watergate matter, I shall resign the presidency effective
0: at noon tomorrow oh, yeah. One small steps the oh, yeah. to able to sing with new meaning, my country,
1: tears of thee. Sweet land of liberty, of thee I sing. We shall pay any
0: price, bear any burden, uphold any foe, to ensure the survival and the success
1: of liberty. It is indeed we are the defenders of freedom. in the
0: unfounding determination of our people, we will gain the
1: inevitable triumph so help us God. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created One equal. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Those who forget the past are destined to repeat. And now, your host, Pastor Rob McCoy.
0: Again, everybody, happy Tuesday evening. Thanks for joining us on Vintage McCoy. Five days ago, we had Dr. Keith Rose on the program, and we already have over 10,000 views. Folks really want answers to what they're facing and the pressures that are mounting uh, for the population, not just in America, but we're watching massive protests in London of people who are sick and tired of the lockdowns, the overreach of big government, and... You know, we we learned in Dr. Keith's sharing five days ago that never before are you administering a vaccine in the middle of a pandemic, let alone measuring a pandemic based on the number of infections as opposed to those who have died from it. There's so many quirky things happening, and we were so encouraged to have Dr. Keith with us five days ago, and the response was so overwhelming, I want to have him back. Now, granted... As I'm going to introduce him momentarily, I want you to know we may not talk about the Fauci Ouchie, but we do have a lot of things to cover. He's one of the most solid Bible teachers I've ever had the privilege to know. He's well rounded in so many areas, but the thing I love most about him is that I love him the most. So he is precious. He's my brother and my friend. Please welcome Dr. Keith Rose. Hey, brother. Hey, friend. I've been called a lot of things, Rob. Never a Bible teacher. Well, you are. Uh, as a matter of fact, as a matter of no, fact, no, 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 no. on the ground. Okay, your, your mom's going to have to grasp this. Uh, when, when Brian Broderson, the pastor at, uh, well, it's, it's called Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa, when he came out and did this whole piece on kind of dissing the pastors that stood in opposition, and he said, you need to lay down your rights sometimes in order to express love and not demand your rights. And, and I, I, it was you. It was you. And I posted this to the pastors across the country, and they were so grateful And I didn't give you credit, and I'm doing it right now on the air. You were the one who said, Rob, you are not demanding your rights. You are exercising your responsibilities. And I just, uh, no one could have articulated it better. And I just want to say thank you. And that one insight has ministered to countless pastors across the country. Folks, we're not demanding our rights. we We are being responsible for those things that have been entrusted to us, we're exercising our responsibilities t- to to set the captives free. Keith, that was you, and and if your mom's listening, you have raised a wonderful <laughs> young man. And I know your dad is a minister. Listen, pops, this guy knows what he's doing. You have raised him well. So, hey, look, medical doctor, preacher, friend, uh, all of it. But I, I wanted hey, I wanted to talk to yeah. In full
1: disclosure, yeah. so no one. I, I was raised by the greatest parents in the world. And for 42 years, I didn't pay attention. So I, yeah. you know, the only it's only by God's grace I'm here. I was, I was worse than a dumpster fire because I knew what to do and I didn't do it. So for everybody out there, moms that are praying, there's always hope. Uh, my mom prayed literally for 42 years for me before God just blew me up, literally. And mm-hmm. he showed me who he was and more important who I wasn't. So I'm not coming from any kind of scholarly, biblical background. I'm coming from a lot of prayers from my mom and dad who poured scripture into me my entire life. I never remembered a verse until the Lord blew me up. And then the next day, all of a sudden, it all came flooding back in my mind. So you're not wasting your voices on your
0: kids, is what I'm saying. Amen. Yeah, it doesn't return void. Keith, um, we're coming up to the 245th birthday of this great nation, a, a nation that you've served. Uh, you've worked with the World Health Organization. You've worked with some agencies. Uh, you're a medical doctor. You, you, uh, you went to Baylor. You're you were uh, uh, not only scholarly, but you were also athletic. You were on an uh, you, you you played football for Baylor. You went to one of the top medical schools in the country. Uh, you, you you have served this nation a- as a, an army officer. Uh, you, you have a vested interest and, and you've poured your life and so have your mom and dad into this nation. Coming up to 245 years uh, with our birthday as, as this great nation, can, can you share with the folks why this is so critical right now and what is so significant, significant about this moment in time in the history of this country from your vantage point, your perspective? And if you want to include what we're up against with uh, the the Fauci, Outci, and, uh, and people wondering what that is—that's where you take this and put it there, and then you know, it messes with your. It's like uh, Oscar Mayer has a way of messing up my DNA. That Man. kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. I like that.
1: <laughs> there's a there's so, another career for you in jingles.
0: Yeah. Well, I, so. I I just told took it from someone else. So uh, Keith, go ahead. Just just anything. Well, what, what just comes to your mind with that whole lineup, that whole introduction? I, I, you can I, run anywhere you want.
1: Well, we've talked before, but amen. really, to kind of bear my heart, I, um, I have a real burden for this nation. And I'm no one special. In fact, I'm the least special in this nation. I just, I see what's happening. It's really been driving me for a long time. Unfortunately, I got a front row seat when it started with President Trump and even before. And the sedition and the way that our president was treated and what's going on. And I prayed a lot about it. And it's kind of ironic because I used to never pray about things like this. I didn't hardly pray at all, much less read my Bible. But the Lord really put it on my heart. And He's and it comes back to covenant and family. This nation was founded by men who, for lack of better word, had a covenant with God. They pledged their lives, their fortune, and their sacred honor. They knew that this land was worth it. These were men that gave their blood and their flesh. And if you look in the Bible, when God says, and I've, and this is metaphoric for all liberals listening, he says, drink of my blood and eat of my flesh. And the right. founders did that. Their blood is their life. It's their, it's their life story. It's their witness. It's Christ in them. Their flesh is the revelation that God gives them through his word and, and and to move forward. At least that's what I got out of it. And that may not be for everyone. And when I was reading the Bible the other day, it talks about God made one blood. He says, I made one blood from one blood. I made all nations.
0: And I, I believe,
1: I believe that the, the liberals and the progressives and the Marxists are coming so hard against Christianity because the covenant is made with family. Abraham, and Sarah, when God made the Abrahamic covenant with Abraham, He changed His name from Abram to Abraham. You know, in, you know the the Hebrew, and He did that as father. See, we are all sons and daughters, and we are in covenant. And the thing that unites us in this nation is that heritage. And a lot of times people right now are talking about their rights. I have a right to do this. I have a right to do that. And they're following along the footsteps of what the liberals want to do. And to understand their game book, you just go up a little higher and look down and think about it. God doesn't talk. If you talk more about your rights than your responsibilities, you're a victim. You exercised your responsibilities before God. You did not exercise your rights as an American citizen. Our founders moved in faith because they had a responsibility to something higher than them. And if we could just change the language from rights to responsibility, I have a responsibility to raise my children. They don't have a right to live in a safe space. God holds me accountable through his word the living word of God. And, you know, you can go into the scientific part because I did, I wanted to make sure the Bible was true and that's irrefutable. And so we have responsibilities. And when you say you have a right, just from a, a common sense standpoint, your rights end where my checkbook begins. So I have a responsibility in this nation as an American citizen, as someone born in the greatest nation in the world. And I think right now we have a society unfortunately, and a lot in the Christian body that want to get behind rights because they feel like their rights because they've been wrong. You know, I have a right because I've been wrong and that creates a victim and there's nowhere in the scripture where God says, be a victim. What does God do? He helps us overcome.
0: So if I'm we're a more we're more than conquerors, yeah,
1: we're more than conquerors. He doesn't create victims. He creates people. No matter who they are, who overcome and have confidence, and and the really interesting thing, if you think about it, we're, they're talking about gay pride right now. You know, you gotta, and you have a lot of corporations. The NFL just came out and said, "I'm supporting gay. We're proud." To be. First of all, why are you proud of that? I mean, that's that pride is a sin. I mean, it's it's hubris. It's you know, if you look at socialism, the five commandments, they just completely abolish if you're gonna go with socialism. And so it doesn't mean I don't love the person that is gay. I love them. I don't love the sin. It's not that they have a right, but I have a responsibility for family. Because again, if you go back and you look at what the Abrahamic covenant with Abraham and father, God wants family. Why does God hate abortion? Because it keeps you from having a family. It kills people. We kill 60 million babies. You can't have a family. God was all about family. Our founders were about family. And so why do you think that the Marxists and the progressives are working so hard to take the father out of the home, to emasculate the man, to tell people abortion's okay? And it's like, I, what you do, you know, that's between you and God, but to codify it in this nation and say you have a right for gay marriage, it's not that I... I'm trampling on your rights. I have a responsibility for God to teach my children that that's not the way God called us to. And it's a bold statement. But you can't reproduce in a gay marriage. You can't have family, which is part of the covenant. You can't have a father and a mother. And God calls us what? His sons and daughters. It's interesting. If you look at socialists, socialists don't call you anything but a coworker. You're my co-worker in this. You know what I call guys I work with? You know how I talk, brother. Guys in the military, no one looks at your skin color. But the guy on your right and the guy on your left that's supporting you, he's my brother. He went through what I did and he paid a price to get to where he is. He's my brother. In the Christian faith, we have brothers and sisters because it is about family. So if you, I'm not trying to be anything other than strictly raw. If you really want to look at this covenant we have, it's about family. Because God wants us to grow, to, so we can build family. We can worship Him. I mean, this is the whole reason we
0: have it. Last night we had uh, Dr. Palowski, uh, Doctor Palowski. Uh, doctor, we had Pastor Pawlowski, Arthur Palowski, who is the minister who stood in opposition to the Canadian law enforcement. They arrested him. Come to find out, he's been doing this since gosh '05, and he's he has just been a thorn in the side of the tyrannical. Government that that wants to separate the citizenry from their God and they and they want the state to be God And he said something fascinating about the lockdowns He said they muzzle you because you you have no identity and they don't call it physical distancing They call it social Social distancing. They want to remove you from any community It's not physical distancing. It's social distancing. We want to break apart the societal fabric and reformat it, restruct, deconstruct, in order to reconstruct. And, and you are nameless, you're faceless, you're voiceless, and you are socially distanced, not physically distanced. And there's no science in it. It's just a manipulative approach. And even looking, I mean, you, you elaborate on this five days ago when we spoke, I, I, as I recall, but when in the history of our country have you ever administered a vaccine in the middle of a pandemic?
1: You don't, well, it it goes back to what we were talking about. Brothers and sisters versus coworkers. If you're a coworker, you're keeping rules. They just keep laying down these rules for us. Social distancing, mask, mandatory vaccines, those are rules. Again, I'm going to go back to the military. We don't say, hey, keep the rules. You know what we say? Keep the faith. God calls us to keep the faith. He calls us to responsibility. He doesn't call us to rules. He doesn't call us to rights because if you're a son or a daughter, you can't be a victim. So you have to isolate to be a victim. And so when you, when you see the pandemic and you see the lockdown, what they're trying to do is do something that's totally against what God calls us to do. And that's one community and fellowship. And so he isolates us or the, the government tries to isolate us So you can't come together and talk and have that fellowship. If you can't social distance, you accept more rules and less, you know, responsibility. responsibility. Because they're taking that responsibility from you. Here's a payment so you don't work. You have no more responsibility. But there is a rule. You need a vaccine. And so when we start looking at rules versus responsibility, we start looking about keeping rules instead of keeping the faith. It's a direct attack on who we are as Christ followers. And the irony is Christ followers, we can't judge. I love everyone. I mean, that's not just words to me. I don't care what you choose on your ideology, your sexuality. I'll still love you. I can't judge you because I know what a total piece of garbage I was for a majority of my life. And it's God's grace. And that's what I don't think they want The government doesn't want people to understand. And I think that could change critical race theory into critical life. Reality is God's grace. You know, there's people out there, Rob, that are hurting. They're sitting at home and they don't know what to do. And they're frustrated because there's more and more rules. Um, We have a saying, they just keep sticking the stick in the cage and poking us. And the pastor you're talking about has freedom because he knows his responsibilities and who he's under, our founders knew that. You, you did not You didn't form the greatest nation in the world by a bunch of rules. You formed and you created freedom by saying it's one nation under God, the laws of nature and nature's God, which is Lord Bolingbroke back in England talked about the laws of nature's God. It was the Bible. And so we have the word of God. We have a country where people can worship any faith freely, Yet right now we are, we have laser sight focused on attacking Christianity. And it's, and it's, there's a reason for it because Christianity represents non-judgment. They represent family. They represent covenant. And for a pastor, I'm not, I don't know the pastor and God bless him, but he doesn't have to acknowledge others' rights. He has to walk in obedience and a responsibility under God. Amen. And it, and, God, and that's a God of love. So, yeah. I mean, can you imagine when I talked to someone the other day, they were really down. It's a, a buddy of mine. And he just was mad at himself. But he's a believer. And I said, well, you know, what does God call us? What's the first commandment? Love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. What's the second?
0: Love, love yourself. The
1: yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. He wants us to love ourselves. Not the dirty, not, you know, because we're all terrible people. It's Christ in me. But if people don't love themselves and then they're socially isolated and they're told, here are the rules, and you got to realize right now what we're seeing is when you get out of that covenant that we have with God and we start following these rules made by man, we are voluntarily walking into a camp or a plantation or however metaphorically you want to call it. I mean, slaves of the day were taken care of, they were fed, they were housed. They had their basics. Well, what's different by giving a minimum wage with no work? You're creating people. And the other thing is when you create a victim, then people feel they have the right to rebel. That's how you get the rebellion in so many of these big, big cities. Because if I'm a victim, then I'm a, I am have the right to rebel. If I'm not a victim, a son or daughter doesn't have the right to rebel. They understand the responsibilities they have in the family. And so a lot of the problems that we look at and we wanna go, well, it's Marxism coming in and we got the schools and we got the big government pushing the jab on us. They wanna lock down the cities again. They wanna increase the rules. They wanna set one group against another. And if we all, as believers, 35% of the country, as evangelical Christians go, okay, we have a responsibility for God to love everyone, but we also have a responsibility to follow in the covenant. And if, and if we keep covenant, we keep the nation.
0: Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you on, on a thought here, uh, especially when you're talking to your friend, where the, the scripture says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love your neighbors yourself. On these two commandments, hang all the law of the prophets. I struggle when people say, I can't, I can't love my neighbor until I learn how to love myself, because quite honestly, Keith, I, I think everyone's in love with themselves. Uh, and even the folks that say, I don't love myself, I, I'm ugly, I don't love myself, I, uh, you can almost say to them, if you really didn't love yourself, if you hated yourself, you'd be happy you were ugly. You're just wanting negative reinforcement. You're, you're going to say that so someone says, no, you're not ugly. The The idea is when you take a family photo, the picture's good or bad depending on how I look. So... It's not so much that we have to love ourselves. We have to love what God has done in and through us and love Him more for how He has taken this mess and used it for His glory. It, it, what, what He does causes us to love Him more and long to, to fulfill the responsibility, as you were pointing out. Uh, to, to love our neighbors ourselves is this idea that we have to translate and step out of ourselves into their life, and in losing our life, we gain a whole new one. We find meaning in service, that we consider others better than ourselves, that we serve them. If you want to be great in the kingdom of God, be a servant of all. So, you know, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. He'll lift you up. The the great thing I notice with you is no matter what compliment I pay you, and it's a lot like Charlie Kirk and others that to me are just great servants in the body of Christ. No matter what compliment I pay you, you are never comfortable with it you 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 squirm to get out of it, and you want to deflect it to the to the source of the compliment, which is the Lord. and you always, always do that. And I get that. so I, I know you meant that, but I would say, don't love yourself anymore. Love the person like you did love yourself. Well, that's yes. yeah let me
1: let me take it a step further because without context, I see yeah, what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, without context. You, you know, you talked about the ultimate sacrifice. You made me think about um, when um, it was a Mary Magdalene that washed Jesus' feet with myrrh, right? And myrrh and is And tears. A, and tears. And tears. And when she did that, myrrh is a thick—I've been over in the Middle East. I've seen the grave sites. I understand the whole process. I'm not going to get into that. But they used to wrap the body in myrrh. Myrrh is a very thick, pungent, good-smelling— Um, fragrance but it's thick it's like oil it's actually thicker than oil and she used that to wash his feet and the Lord kind of was thinking about that and I was listening to some things and it struck me as she's watching his feet he had the smell of myrrh you know it foretelling maybe his death but to me it's also I have to die to myself the biggest thing is when we die to ourselves, we become alive to Christ if I love someone as I love myself and I'm dead to myself then I'm loving them as Christ sees them. I can, I get along with a lot more people now that before I would just want to snap their neck or throat punch them, quite frankly. And God knows that. And so, but when you die to yourself, all of a sudden you see people differently through your, not your eyes, but your father's eyes. There's a, there's a, there's a verse I, I, I captured the other day in James. I was reading and it just, I can't get rid of it. It says, and I got to look this, I put it right down here, James 1, 22. It says, be doers of the word and not hearers, only deluding yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his own face in the mirror. He sees himself and then goes off and promptly forgets what he looked like. And it says, but the one who peers into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres and is not a hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts such a one shall be blessed in what he does. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, his religion is in vain. Now, when it says to me, he peers into the perfect law of freedom, I'm thinking Christ is the perfect law of freedom. So you're die to yourself, but also as a surgeon and as a plastic surgeon, I think we have a lot of cosmetic Christians where, you know, I can fix a lot of folks and make them look better. And, but it's cosmetic. It's not working on the heart. God wants us to die to ourselves. The crown of thorns was around his head, not his heart. He wanted us not to be, I think as Christians, and it's really tough nowadays. I know it is for a lot of kids and young people because they want to intellectualize things. People tell them, Oh, well, you're intellectualizing. God, God never talked about the head. He says from the heart. And I think American needs heart surgery we need people that are dead to themselves and alive to Christ. I mean, if I don't die to myself every day, you wouldn't want to be around me. So some of us need to go to our own funeral. We can smell that myrrh where we can, you know, wash those feet metaphorically. And when you humble yourself, think about it. Think about what this nation would be like if those in charge and leaders were humble. Think about how you have people that were dead to themselves and alive to God that would speak truth. In the medical bureaucracy, we might, might not be where we are now.
0: Yeah, yeah. They, might the not fear have of man so is rules. a snare. The, the the fear of man is a snare, and and they've 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 bowed to fear as opposed to realizing they're already dead, and and not not having a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind, because they they have a heart of a servant. They've laid their life down, but. They're protecting their little fiefdoms and they're willing to lie in order to retain it at the expense of the people they've been called by responsibility to serve, which is now tragic.
1: But we have, and just like, I love when you talk to that other pastor, you were you were loving, but firm. I believe that the church has a responsibility as sons and daughters. Sons and daughters build houses, but if you're not a son, And you're, you're an orphan or a slave. Those are the only two options. And we have really foregone our responsibility as Christ followers to stand in difficult times. And, and it's not about, and, and I don't, it's not about building a big congregation to me, or it wouldn't be about, do people like me? It would be about what does God call me to do? And am I being obedient in this? Can you imagine as the body of Christ moved as one? I mean, we're the bride. And and yeah. the thing is it's not over. That that's the good news. I mean, there is hope. There is hope because I I think a lot more there's going to be a lot more funerals metaphorically of people dying to themselves. And I can tell you, when you die to yourself and become alive to Christ, the stress of life becomes infinitely better. I mean, doesn't mean it goes away by any stretch but it becomes infinitely better it's like when God was on the Sea of Galilee and he's asleep and there the disciples are in the boat and there's a terrible storm and I, I think you've been on the Sea of Galilee I know I have in a storm and it's it's insane because it's a small area of body of water so the waves are coming off the shore and coming back at you and they build exponentially and it says when God woke up he 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 kind of looked at him quizzically looked, told the storm he said be still. And it says at the moment, the wind stopped. And you and I have talked about this, but not just the wind, the waves. Mm -hmm. So what that tells me is when God says, be still, it stops. When God's for you, it stops the current problem, but the waves stop too. So it stops the residual or the lasting effects of the problem when God is for us. And I think as, as Christ followers, we have God for us. I can't imagine anyone else I would want on my team Than God, but we have a society that waters Jesus down to a Sunday or maybe a Wednesday night. When God, I believe, prayer is a continual conversation, and God is a God of secrets, and He really wants to know us. And when people start getting to know Him, they can start becoming alive to Him and dead to themselves. And then we can start dealing with some of the problems we have.
0: Amen. Keith, let's uh, let's shift gears, kind of in the last portion of this segment, just for folks who have heard this comment or heard this term, they're watching it now kind of appear in whatever news source that they, they observe or consider valid. We're here in this Delta strain. And candidly, I, I can say to all who are tuning in, I know very little. And, and there, there's a part of me I could really care less However, I know that we're going to have to provide answers for folks because they're going to manipulate this to once again frighten the populace. Have you had time in your busy schedule to research what they're trying to thrust on us in relation to this Delta strain? What, what is this mess?
1: Well, I had a report from some, my prior life uh, from some folks months ago. That there were several, quote, doctors and scientists from other countries working on all kinds of strains. So it's not going to stop at Delta. It's not going to stop at anything. I mean, we have to understand what we're dealing with first. The coronavirus came out. We know it was gain-of-function testing. That's not going to be in question.
0: Again, gain-of-function is they take a deadly virus and they want to gain a greater function of deadliness by combining it with other. which is they're weaponizing it.
1: Right, they're weaponizing it and man, sure whatever they're telling themselves, well, it's really for the better good. Although it really has a lot to do with ego and lack of responsibility, and yeah. and when you look at the funding mechanism for that, it's pretty bad. But what I think, after all that happened, I do believe that there's folks in government, pretty unscrupulous folks in government around the world, that realize that to enact their agenda. The coronavirus was the best thing to ever happen to them. Lockdowns, shifting the society and the nation towards socialism. But a Delta variant is kind of like G whiz. I mean, it's still a coronavirus with a spike protein. We know that the vaccine doesn't do anything other than lessen symptoms. And we know that SARS-COVID-2 can be treated the same way we realized you could treat SARS COVID-1. So am I concerned about a Delta variant? No, I expect they're going to come out with as many variants as they can, but let's, let's just say they have the Delta variant. Let's look at, I just looked at this the other day, overall numbers across the board, hospitalizations down, deaths down, everything's down. I don't care if tests are up because a positive test means absolutely nothing to me without context. You know, it, it's, it's what it's a vanity metric at best. It's like saying, you know, I have a website, and I had a hundred million hits on my website. Well, did anyone buy anything? Did they spend any time on it? Did it change their life? No, I just had a hundred million hits. Well, that's a number, and it means nothing. And I think folks are realizing that. And, and I'll tell you something else. I don't. I don't believe that this is going to be a problem. This new variant. I'm not convinced. I, I, I can't take seriously anything. Dr. Fauci or the establishment medical community says, because they have lied about so much, they have tried to cover it up. If we look at Fauci's emails, you have this Dr. Holtz, who's a pediatrician from Texas, you know, which I think we should pull his Texas card immediately and send him to New York. He's just joking, saying, you know, basically he supports everything Dr. Fauci says, and all these guys, if you look deep enough, they all have ties to vaccine companies or they're paid speakers for Big Pharma. And it's so if you have someone that's been lying to you for a year, number one, to me that they're not they're not a valid source. If we if you were in intelligence, you would say the veracity of that source or the the validity of that source is in question. Number one. Second thing is, well, we know what happens when we did lockdowns. It hurt more people than it helped. So it's not even an option anymore. So when the same people that told me we have a new variant coming, you know, with that lied to me the first time, and now they're telling me we're going to need to lock down again, when we know unequivocally that lockdowns didn't help. Look at Sweden. Look at the the, the states that are still locked down are not doing better than the states that are open. It really, can, right. you know, listen to what the news isn't saying. They're not talking about all the deaths in Texas and Florida because they don't have anything to say. It's We we now know that this is a man-made bad flu. It affects older people more. It hardly even grazes young people. And we is know this, it was in the core, core blood of Delta, pregnant women. Yeah, go
0: ahead. Is, is this Delta variant uh, similar from what you've read as far as focused on the elderly, those with comorbidities, um, is, is that what we're starting to see? More of the see? same. More of the same yeah. is all it is. Okay.
1: And, and the thing is, they started out the quote Delta variant was in India until India, and India was having an increase in deaths for the first time until they realized, oh, we didn't treat it right. Now, India is suing the World Health Organization for telling them how to treat, my understanding. They're actually filing suit against the World Health. And again, you have to look at the people involved. You have Pedro's from the world health or from the UN and the world health organization that basically is in Fauci's emails and Fauci is literally saying, well, we'll have to see if Te- I'm paraphrasing Tedros is going to be unethical and lie. And then we'll go from there, you know? And so you have guys like Peter Daschak, you know, Anthony Fauci, there's, there's a whole list of actors. The guy that did the PCR test in Germany, that is, I'm blanking on his name. It'll come to me in a second, but all these people are tied to the narrative, and 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 I guess that's the big thing. Are we going to walk in faith and understand the reality? Or are we going to file a narrative? Are we gonna Are we gonna believe we have rights? Or are we gonna exercise our responsibilities? Mm-hmm. I, I will tell you this: if We exercise our responsibilities. You won't have lockdowns. Yep. You won't have churches canceled. You
0: know, Look, people just I, say you know, we're an not analysis. doing it. it yeah. look at england look at the people in the streets yeah look at australia australia locked down more than anyone i want to see and and i know it's kind of i'm thrusting this on the on the staff but while we're talking if we can pull up if you can find it the march that occurred yesterday through the streets of london it was it was millions i've never seen anything like that it was a helicopter view of it um did you see that yesterday Keith? yes
1: I did. It was amazing. And you know, I, I thought of something when we're talking about this, the gain of function texting, it happened back in the nineties too, with the Soviet Union and anthrax
0: mm-hmm. and some
1: people were killed and the government came out and they really tied it back and they shed light on it. They said, you know, we can't have this kind of testing. So the Marxists and the liberals and the progressives, they're not real original. They can just keep doing the same thing over and over again because you have not a media that's not free right now, but yeah. guys like Glenn Greenwald are really shining some light on this and, um, yeah. they're starting to bring it to the forefront. It, it's a problem that in, tied with critical race theory is, is really hurting our country.
0: Yeah. Well, I was, um, at, and, and folks are going to want to tune in, uh, Friday, which is going to be the, the last live stream of the week before we go into, uh, the 4th of July, and Bob McEwen, um, I, I'm, I, I, I set it up because it's, it's the anniversary of a very specific event that happened 158 years ago, and I'll give everyone a teaser. He's going he's gonna to share about one man who saved America, one man, and, and he did it, and he had to make that decision within five minutes, and he single-handedly saved this country uh, and here we are 158 years later. And, and he ended up winning the Medal of Honor. He became the governor of Maine and the president of Bowdoin College. I already know you know who it is, but don't say the name. And, I'm and not I, saying the word. Yeah, and I, I left that to Congressman McEwen, and I just asked him to elaborate on his love for this nation being such a, a history buff. And I got to tell you, Keith, he started to elaborate uh, when I was having dinner with him and Charlie Kirk he just started talking about this individual, so i I, I, I just kind of th- uh, you know the idea is throw that out to him and see what what he does with it. And he also, just from extemporaneous knowledge, shared about Francis Scott Key. and uh, here it is. this is this is london take take a look at this, and and that's actually not the best picture. It, oh, we do have it. great. I, I don't know if they scan the distance with the helicopter. But it goes on for it looks from a distance, and I don't know if this is a show. oh, there it is, there it is and And then look as it scans out. is this the one? Come on, no, uh, Well, it's pretty good, but they're close. Hey, Rob, and I, I asked them to give it to me at the very last second. yeah, you got something?
1: Yeah, I was going to say I pulled some of my notes on that. I didn't want to misspeak. I pulled the notes that I've been taking. I've been looking at this delta variant, yeah. and basically there was an article recently written and they were tying the Delta variant, how the rise in number of cases. But when they looked at the actual number of people that have gotten the jab, that showed the increase in number of cases was tied to the number of people that had been already vaccinated.
0: Are you not, serious?
1: Not with the Delta variant. Yes, sir. Chile had one of the highest COVID jab rates in the world and 58% of the population had received two doses. And they had a higher, the capital world, the highest COVID-19 case number since the beginning of the pandemic after the jab. That's in Chile. And that's the Delta variant. Well, they're getting the Delta variant, but it's the highest number of cases. So they're saying that they're tying the Delta variant to an increase in cases of COVID, but they're tying it also to people that get the jab. And so... amazing. uh, You know, there's a lot of work to be done, but it's... At the end of the day, they said variants are unlikely to pose a significant risk to people with natural immunity compared to the original because it's all based on your T cells. Like we said, if you look at the 80-20 principle, 80% of the folks had good T cell immunity, and it's all coming down to that 20% number. The sad thing about the Delta variant, and it's out there, and I'll find it for you and send it to you, is the guy that made the original – the. From the IHME who made the original numbers, the guy from England that was discredited said we're going to lose 3 million people, they now have him doing the modeling for the Delta variant. So the original guy that was discredited has now been charged. It's like it's like a guy going uh, uh, going to the horse races, and he's lost $10 million, and every one of his bets have been wrong. And now someone just walked up and said, we're going to give you $20 million to bet this time. And everyone's been wrong. You know, it's like, you know, there's something not right with this. And and here's the thing. That's the difference between responsibility and rights. Yeah. We could say people have a right to say what they want, but I think it's more important we have a responsibility to tell the truth. Yeah. And it's right in front of us. It's just where people be strong enough not to worry about what anyone says about them.
0: I, I, I want to close with this, Keith, uh, and it was it was Dr. James Lindsay who said it on Sunday, and if and I, I you probably I, I know you, I told you you got to watch this because he gives such a neat outline, and so does Michael uh, 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 O'Fallon. Um, I always get his last name wrong. Great guy, um, but 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 Dr. James Lindsay pointed out. He said based on the secular progressives' lefts own illustration or comparison, they said women's study is like a virus. And we equate ourselves to Ebola or SARS, the, the first one, um, and even as much as a cancer. And the thing that we have to overcome and suppress is the immunity, which is folks who have convictions, uh, churches, i.e., that, that they... they They are immune to the virus, and we need to suppress the immune system. And and I thought the one way to overcome this this, uh, critical theory that's invaded itself in every vestige of our culture is to have convictions to stand upon our responsibilities and do what's right, regardless of the consequences we would face, that we have a responsibility to a higher calling, and that's the Lord. We don't demand our rights by being a victim, as you pointed out. We stand upon the strength of being more than conquerors and children of the King, that we honor Him with the responsibilities He's entrusted to us to, to stand for the truth, no matter what. If, if 99% of the world says that you're wrong, but you know it to be true, and you stand, and you're willing to stand, you're immune, and and the truth can a lie can never survive in the midst of of the truth unless that lie is able to silence the truth, and then put forward the propaganda. and And the only way they can silence the truth is that when God's people are willing to muzzle themselves and not speak.
1: Amen. And and we started it at the Bible, and I'm going to go
0: back to it for a second. Okay. Because you close. You listen. You close with this. This is a good one. Well, bring I mean, it home. Here-
1: at the end of the day, we talked about family. God wants covenant. Yeah.
0: God sees
1: the world through covenant eyes. You look in the Bible, and it's always about that. And our forefathers had a covenant with God. And the nature of God's covenant is husband and wife. And that's the attacks we're seeing right now. jab, Give kids the jab, take away parental responsibility, give families money where it disincentivizes the husband to be there. And the best picture of the kingdom of God and Rob, this is where God really hit me with is We're here to build his kingdom, not ours. Mm-hmm. The best picture of that kingdom is a husband and wife. Where was the first miracle in the Bible? Oh, wow. At a wedding. You know, the mind justifies what the heart has chosen. It just does. And God does everything to bring you into covenant and to keep you there. And that's for a reason, because if you're outside your covenant, you're open to be cursed. Think about that. You're either living in covenant of God or you're cursed. And look, pick the name of the sin. That's how the curse gets in, period. So every time people turned away from God in the Bible, you know, in the Old Testament, they would be cursed. What's the last word in the Old Testament? Curse. And so every time people turned away from God also, I found it real ironic it would change the climate to rebuke them. So there's a lot going on here. So where's God coming back and this is and this is not a segue, but I think it's really where's God coming back when he when when Christ comes back, where's he coming back to? He's coming uh, back yeah. to the earth, right? And so we're supposed to be good stewards of the earth. I get that. But it's global sinning, not global warming. God's not going to destroy the earth. He has no place to come back to. So we're so worried about climate change as believers and we want to get behind the pseudoscience and all the critical race. We're breaking covenant. We're getting away from God. God's not going to destroy the place he's coming back to. So we're either living in covenant or living in curse. And we don't have to live in a curse because that's where we get people that are just getting wrecked. I I, I know we talk about since... President Biden has taken office and we've changed the direction of this country. Would you say it's been better or more of a curse? Yeah.
0: Okay. So we don't have to That's a no brainer.
1: So, and then, so in Malachi four, six, he says, disavow to prevent the curse, be the remnant. And then he says, the curse ends where the family begins, the brothers and sisters of Christ. So when they broke the curse, God had a name for it. He said it was Passover. He passed over the houses that were honoring him, and they had their that
0: covered that were covered in the blood. They were yeah. covered,
1: and so our allegiance as believers that will build, build responsibility is my allegiance is to the covenant, not the work.
0: Yeah.
1: And so when other pastors are out there and they're doing the work, they think that that building is the work. Now, their allegiance is to the covenant building family. And I'm not a pastor. I'm just telling you my thoughts. I got but you. this was all my that, weird writing.
0: I like it. And and just so folks know, um, you're going to be with us on July 11th. Uh, I think 10th that's the Sunday. 11th. Yeah. 10th yeah. 11th. Because uh, the fourth, the Sunday is, is fourth uh, of July. So you'll be with us Saturday, the 10th, Saturday night, the 10th and all three services on Sunday, the 11th, Dr. Keith Rose is bringing it. We, we've had the privilege to see you uh, on the live stream, but never from the pulpit of God speak. And so, I am so looking forward to this. And this is a Erica first come for me, out so it'll yeah. be fun. Well, not the I'm first, stoked, man. First in California for sure. Well, first in our pulpit. We're stoked by it. So, hey, man.
1: And I just, brother, I just want to see you and your sweet bride. And and yeah, I, I, I likewise. Oh, and I, I need to make a correction so I want to stand publicly corrected here.
0: Yeah, no let it We go. were talking you, about
1: Wilberforce. No, he was in you a know. carriage, not a train. I was wrong, and I wanna I wanna publicly ask your forgiveness no, no, for that. No, no. I was yeah, like, it, I'm it, right. It, <laughs> I
0: wasn't offended. <laughs> we're all oh, good. I know. Yeah.
1: Well see, and that's the other thing, by the way. Think about this. The reason we have victims is because Marxism and socialism and the current Democrat Party create victims by pre-offense. They're making you pre-offended. That's what mm. critical race theory is. It's creating people to be pre-offended. Yeah. And critical Christ theory tells you you are more
0: than conquerors. Well, I, I got a better one for you. You can't offend a dead man. I've been you crucified can't. with Christ. You can't. You, you Exactly. You're poking, That's right. You're poking a corpse. You're poking a corpse. It doesn't work. Uh, you want to
1: smell that myrrh. Yeah,
0: you
1: know, <laughs> I, you know I, I, I have a dear friend. He's one of my wise men like you. And when I was going through some... Uh, I was dealing with someone in my life and he said, they're just, they're dying to themselves, but they're, they just don't smell like death yet. You know, and you get that with your kids, but I'll tell you when you die to yourself and become a life to Christ for everyone out there, your life's going to be amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's
0: the, the grace
1: God has is just, it's going to be exciting. Definitely not boring. He's got to realize Satan. What is he? The accuser. He creates victims. He accuses you. So you have a lot of people that live in shame and the only way they can deflect that is shame blames. So you blame, you accuse, you become a victim and they don't want Christianity. You realize that we're the only, we're the only religion that is being attacked. And a lot of, we're the only religion by the way that treats women as equals. Read the Bible. No other religion does. The Bible does. I mean, there is, we're the only religion that loves everyone and is the most tolerant but we're also held to responsibility through our faith and not our work. And so I think that I, I believe personally, we're going to have an awakening in this nation like we did two times before. And, and the awakening, quite frankly, is going to be because men like you took decided to stand and speak the truth. Guys like Charlie that stand, Bob McEwen that stand. It's that remnant they talk about in Malachi, right? We don't need a ton of people it was a remnant that gave us freedom in the, in the Revolutionary War. Less than 3% of the population. It's a remnant in the world that America is 4% of the world's population with the overwhelming majorities of discovery. It's the remnant that honors God that's going to give the world freedom. Yeah, I believe and, that and we're going to do it here.
0: Yeah. It's worth the sacrifice for our kids It, it and is our grandkids. so yes.
1: worth the sacrifice because it's not about us— People need to realize this this battle's generational. Yeah. But it starts now in the best way possible. Well, why
0: don't why don't you um why don't you close us out in prayer, Keith? I, I love to hear you pray. You bless us.
1: Sure, I just talk to God. I'm not if people see me, Rob, they, <laughs> I'm not any religious person, but I, I, I serve a really cool God that had more grace yeah. on me than
0: anyone. Sure. Let's and pray. you enjoy talking to him. That's why I like to listen to you pray. I have to. Because <laughs> if I talk
1: to myself, I'm getting really bad advice, and I don't remember <laughs> that guy I just looked at. Father, we just thank you for Pastor Rob and everyone out there, Lord. We thank you that it just takes a remnant Amen. to change the world. We thank you, Lord, that we know that our nation is not dissolving. It's not going to wither away. The world's not going to wither away with climate change because you're coming back. We know that. And we live by faith, not by sight. And Lord, I just pray that there's an awakening in every person's heart. I pray the Holy Spirit goes sharper than a sword or an arrow and pierces the heart of folks and reawakens the covenant that this nation was founded on. One nation under God, indivisible, because we are all one blood. And that's what binds us, not skin color not ideology, not choices. It's the one blood, the precious blood of Christ that set us all free. Yes, Lord. And I pray that everyone understands that freedom and experiences it and then passes it down for generations. And we thank you for the opportunity to continue this. In the name of the most amazing God
0: and the only, amen. Amen. Thanks, Keith. Bless you and Erica. We'll see you on the 11th. And folks, this blessing is for you tonight. And um, boy, the blessing from the Lord is tremendous. And I also want to say thanks to Dr. Keith for blessing us as well. And the Lord used him so wonderfully tonight. So folks, this is for all of you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And may the Lord make His face to shine upon you. And may the Lord be gracious to you and lift up His countenance upon you. And give you peace. The peace that passes all understanding. May it guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Thanks for joining us, folks. We'll see you tomorrow night. Good night, everybody. Hey guys, thanks for watching. For more information, head over to vintagemacoy.com or follow us on Instagram at the vintage McCoy. We'll see you there.